0: Now it's time to sit back and enjoy the two true freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Disney won't stop! Hope Malonex and Chris Honeywell have finished Clone Wars twice and Rebels once. Now they move on to resistance and beyond. I'm Gene Gene, the MC Machine, and this is J-Guys and Jedi. Hi, everyone.
1: Welcome to a brand, brand, a brand new episode of J-Guys. <laughs> okay, let's start
2: over. 50% more brand in this episode. Brand
1: you know what yeah let's roll with it extra brand we are extra on brand tonight apparently welcome to a new episode our, it's of JS- our regular
2: show and being made more regular with brand
1: i mean we have been described as a chaotic experience so i think this is very on brand for us So, <laughs> welcome to js jedi a weekly podcast covering every episode of star wars resistance in this episode When Tam is sent to a first order refueling station, some unexpected guests test the limits of her loyalty. There will be that bitch is a big old sentient bag of dicks. And you can check our Twitter. That's Christopher Sean approved. (laughs) Kaz becomes a gunslinger and Tam has to make a choice. We're talking about station to station this week. How you doing, Chris? Good. Me too. Did you have a good week?
2: Yeah, I had a pretty good week. It was it was tiring from it, at work. It was a hot week at work. So it's like I feel great. And then like by Friday night at work, I'm like, wow, I'm tired. <laughs> did you does, get it any hit me till the very end?
1: Did you get any rain from Henri, Tropical Storm Henri?
2: We've been getting rain every night, like clockwork the last week. It's Mm. been really... It's making the plants really happy around here.
1: I've been good. Uh, I've been chasing deer out of my yard because they keep trying to eat our trees and they're still kind of baby trees. They can't get eaten. So I just go outside and I start screaming at them and just like, get the fuck out of my yard, deer! And they're just like... I think they're starting to get used to me, though.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah.
1: So now I, I walk at them and they're like, oh shit, she's walking at us. I'm like, get the fuck out of my yard, deer!
2: There, just there just two... grab a blanket or a sheet and use them like wings. Just when you go out there, just like pull your arms up with the blanket on the wings and they'll just go, what the fuck, and take off.
1: <laughs> there are two babies, though, so I do feel a little bit bad screaming at the babies because they're tiny and they still have their spots and they're very cute and they're just like, what's that, mommy? And the mom's like, "I don't, don't look at her. Just walk, just walk away. <laughs> just walk away, son. And then Bambi's like, don't die." me. And then, then, then we get... Bambi too. <laughs> I just remembered a funny story. <laughs> so our friends over at the Geeky Waffle, being like Candace and Arzu, and of course like Brian and Nessa, that Candace and Arzu has been on our show before. Um they have a side podcast called Straight Out of Home Video. And they're going through all the straight to Disney are the Disney straight to DVD films. So like Mulan 2 and Pocahontas 2 and all those and stuff like that, all the straight to DVD ones. They got a really, really nasty comment on one of their episodes. And the comment was there is no such thing as toxic masculinity, you social justice cunt. It was their Bambi 2 episode. <laughs>
2: It's almost, you know, though, I mean, yes, that is a nasty comment, but But it's almost
3: comical
2: comical in its basicness, you know, and it's, of course, being placed on the Bambi 2.
1: Like, who is so fucking defensive of Bambi 2? Who's that defensive of that
3: movie?
2: Well, somebody. it makes you wonder, somebody with that belief... Why are they reading the Geeky Waffles articles anyway? It's obviously oh, not for
3: them. It was it's a from, podcast. From...
1: It was a podcast, Chris. So somebody listened to their Bambi Two right, right. episode yeah. and left a comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was I, when Cand- When I saw that from Candace and Arden, well, it I was like, Oh like my god!
2: It looks like it's getting the desired results.
3: I know. It's like
2: they're gonna. It's like they're gonna get that comment and go like, Oh no. No, no, no. Get oh, everybody man, we together. You. Get everybody together. Everybody. All you cunts. Get together. Okay. <laughs> get together. There's no such thing as social justice, guys. What are we going to do?
1: We got to circle
2: the cunt wagon. Cunts all
3: around. The cunt wagon. <laughs> <laughs> circle the, map. Circle
2: the map. Oh, jeez.
4: <laughs> get that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quick,
3: put on some butt-ass pussy.
2: <laughs> Traveling west in the cunt, in the old cunt wagon.
1: For Western ass pussy, I guess. <laughs> they start playing lap in the distance. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but I I lost my shit. It was the most ridiculous thing because someone just got really upset over Bambi too. <laughs> anyway. Wow, we're, we're doing great. First we're on brand, and now we're talking about circling. You got you
2: to gotta reply with, oh, yeah, there is so. <laughs> no.
1: hmm. Anyway, Station to Station. We're off to a good, very us start. This is very on brand for us. <laughs> what I'm did burning. you think of uh, Station to Station, Chris?
4: I, I, I
2: liked it a lot. Um, but I have issues, I have some issues with it. I,
1: I have a tiny issue with it, but it's just a time thing. I just wish the time was slightly balanced differently, and I'll get into that. But I also have a theory, and my theory is, starting here to the end of the show, this is the beginning of what should have been season, the end of season three. And I'll get more into that in our notes, too, because there's a very clear tonal shift. Anyway, you ready to get into it? I am. <clears throat> Station to Station is the 32nd episode of Star Wars Resistance. It aired on December 15th, 2019. I remember this because everybody's like, are they going to stop episodes for Christmas? And they were like, no, we're plowing through this till it's done. And everyone's like, oh, well, happy Christmas. <laughs> it was written by Mark Henry and directed by Bosco Ng. It, total funny little side note i was looking at mark henry because i was like oh this is the first i've heard of this writer and his wikipedia page says he is a recurring writer for star wars resistance and this is the only episode he wrote but anyway <laughs> so extra information for you general hux is voiced by ben pendergast pendergast his other works include video ga- the video game franchises apex legends hades and scavengers the Titan station shares a same basic shape and proportions to the Colossus, since it's the same type of vessel. Plus, elements from other First Order ships in Star Wars Rebels' Imperial Sky Strike Academy can be seen in the Titan's design. Originally, in, uh, nah, 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 nah. Originally the Titan was to have the exact same ge- geometry and layout as the Colossus, but there was some concern that it would be a bit too confusing during the actual episode. So the Titan design had some changes to distinct first-order versions to keep it a similar ship but still unique within itself. We first saw Star Wars technicians wearing the bright orange vests on Coruscant um, in the Clone Wars episode Heroes on Both Sides. But here's a really fun note for you. So when the Season 2 trailer first dropped for Season 2 and everyone was like, oh no, Season 2 is ending, oh no, blah, blah, blah. And everyone first saw Kazuniku in the orange vests, Everyone lost their goddamn minds because they look exactly like Adam Driver's costume and the Saturday Night Live skit where Kylo Ren is participating in Undercover Boss as Matt the Radar Technician. And it became a running joke that quote unquote Matt the Radar Technician was actually canonized by this episode for like a good two weeks. Because so everyone's like, yay, Matt's canon <laughs> And finally, and earlier I don't version, know if that
2: works, but okay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was it was a joke. Everybody was just like, "Oh, it's canon now," but like nobody was actually serious about it. Um, but everyone, I just remember that everyone's like, "Oh my God, they're dressed like Matt. Kaz is Matt the radar technician." <laughs> and everybody actually before the, this episode came out, everybody was like, "What if he actually uses Matt as his like undercover name?" And he's just like, "Hi, I'm Matt the radar technician." <laughs> I think everybody would have died, collectively, and I I was hoping for it, but they didn't do it. And finally, in an earlier version of the story, Kaz was forced to butter up with Hux, appealing to his ego in order to slip past him. Instead, the elevator scene where Hux is with Kaz, who has a slow, seething anger towards Hux over the destruction of his planet, was deemed much more appropriate for the tone of the episode. You know who's not appropriate for the tone of the episode?
4: Never appropriate.
1: Or like anything.
4: Yoda's appropriate. Mm. Put on your pants. Yoda's culturally appropriate.
1: Put on your pants, first of all. And then we're going to have a discussion about that later.
4: What are pants? Oh, no. I know not of these things
1: like a nice breeze between your privates oh that's an old harry potter joke anyway hi yoda hi so i got a question for you and this actually might be good since you're not wearing pants so this is a very appropriate question for you who has the best lap to sit on in the jedi council
4: Mm, yoda only knows in theory no, no lap sitting on Jedi Council. No. Really?
3: So you Yoda... never tried it? So oh, no, like
4: oh, 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 tried Yoda did, yes. Many times Yoda tried. But <laughs> Yoda suggested maybe save seats. Have half as many seats. Double up. No, says Mace Windu. Mace Windu wants his own seat. Well, what about Obi-Wan? Obi-Wan wants his own seat. Every, all, they all want own seat. What about Yaddle? Yeah, Did you try to slid in Yaddle's lap? No.
1: Then why not? Oh, she pr- oh, she one good lap.
4: Only one good lap on Jedi Council. That
1: was what's what's his name? Yarrel proof,
4: proof. Oh, Rancisis.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. He has a very, very long,
4: very flat lap, big bushy beard to lean back on. Yes, yeah, like Barca Lounger, like space Barca Lounger.
1: Isn't he also a snake man? So he has like a lot of lap.
4: Big, big, wide, flat lap. Yes.
1: Well, what, what? I'm a fake fan. What was his name again?
4: Orancisas.
1: Orancisas. Ah, sismo. No, I don't. I, I don't know. I'm now. I'm now in a. Fluffy
4: beard. Mmm.
1: How did I get to like a Spanish Google? I don't know. I I know who you're talking about, but isn't he? I, I feel like he's a snake man. I don't know what the fuck. I'm a fake. Mm -hmm. But that's cool. So there is one good lap. So he's your choice, then.
4: Theoretically, yes.
1: Uh, Well, you should have just tried Yaddle. I'm sure she would have Uh. happily saved her. Yeah, that's what
3: I
4: thought.
1: Mm. Alright, well, thank you so much, Yoda. I'll talk Mm -hmm. to you later.
4: Thank you so much, Yoda. Okay, Yoda will just be moving along now.
1: Put on some pants! Ugh, I hate when the back of his ribs also like tuck up in your his belt so you can like see everything. Ugh. I
2: hate to see him go, but uh I, I don't him. wanna watch him. <laughs> I don't wanna
1: watch that leave. <laughs> I was trying to figure out a good joke to bring you back to the circling of the cunts, but we're not there anymore. <laughs> oh
2: no, yeah.
1: Anyway, we'll, we'll
2: circle back around to the cunts at some point.
1: Always, always. So, we should, I was gonna say maybe we should put a content warning, but I'm like this. This is fine. Oh,
3: oh, <laughs> a
2: content warning.
1: <laughs> a content warning. <laughs> Actually, I, I think after what, like eight years of six six years of this, I think people are used to us by now. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not even drinking tonight either. So, Act One.
2: Act one, have you been drinking lately? Have you been no. boozing it up on these shows?
1: No, I've had one Mike's Hard. Uh, yesterday, actually. And oh, that was baby. the first <laughs> drink I've had in like a month and a half, two months maybe. I'm not I'm not a heavy drinker.
2: I can't remember not, the last time I've had anything to drink. Yeah. It's been a long time.
1: I'm, so, I'm like the lightest of lightweight. So like one Mike's Hard, I was just like, I'm good for like another two months. So I'm... I have some free like Twisted Tea and Twisted Tea uh, sucks. I'm not sure smacking it races, then it's great. Um, and, but, uh, look it up, it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do have those and I got them for free. Um, so occasionally, like if I'm really desperate, I'll crack them open. And I'm like, I guess you're here. No, I fight my way through you
2: got alcohol in you.
1: I guess. Luckily, uh, now, uh, now that Billy lives with us, like she always has like, Mike's cards and wine around, so I'm just like, I don't whine. Hell yeah. I'll have like a sip. <laughs> and then I'll go on my day. Act one!
2: Act one!
1: Woo! We open with that bitch, Jace Rucklin, doing what he does best bitching! And he's all just like, "Oh, I hate the First Order. I'm supposed to be a star pilot. I'm supposed to be the best boy. I'm the video game boy. I'm the one who wins, but I'm here doing grunt work and, like, refueling ships. What the fuck, Tam? How am I, like, not the best? And Tam is like, I just want to drown you in this oil and then set you on fire. <laughs> And end all of our lives and just end you. But luckily, Lieutenant Gallic, who is just this amazing butch woman, I love her evilness. She's great. She's a great evil woman. I wish we had more of her and she could step on me. Gives them both a supply run mission. And they're both like, a mission. And then she's like, supply run. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's fine. I guess he gets us out of here. So they have to go to a station that they are apparently familiar with. So they're flying through space. And Jace is like, Oh my god, what did she mean by apparently we're familiar with this, Tam? I'm not going to do this voice the entire time, because I will annoy myself. Um And Tam's like, I don't know. And then they come out of hyperspace, and then she sees the Titan Station, and she's like, oh, I get it now. It's, we're at the Titan, and it looks just like the Colossus. And then she's like, oh, it looks just like the Colossus. Oh my god. And do you ever think about Yeager's Garage? And Rucklin's like, you know, that place was below me. And she's like, fuck off, Rucklin. And then she starts thinking about, like, Yeager's garage. And she's like, "Ew." So they arrive at the Titan, and they have to go to the supply area. And they're walking through the hallways. And this technician is having this, like, big toolbox covering his face because he's carrying it on his shoulder. And he happens to trip on a boulder, and Tim is just like, Huh, because the technician is like, OW! And just like falls over, almost falls over. He catches himself. And Tam is like, That technician is very familiar. Why do I know him? And Recklin's like, No one cares, Tam. Let's go. And so they walk away. But he's familiar because it's Kaz. Kaz is on the Titan Station and he's with Niku and CB23 undercover because they have to find some MacGuffin to save the Colossus. And if they don't find the McGuffin in like two hours, everyone on the Colossus will die. And Kaz is like, Niku, we have a problem. I just saw Tam and Rucklin here. And was like, oh, wow. I really miss my friend Tam, not Rucklin. We can drown him in oil and set him on fire. And, and Kaz is like, that's an excellent idea. And he's like, oh yeah. the good times of all of us hating Rucklin together. And our heroes are trying to they have to go down to maintenance. So as they're heading down to maintenance to find the MacGuffin. They just so happened to run into General Hux The scourge, scourge Bratty boy of the First Order or whatever I, don't know. I know people love Hux I know I hear you guys I know Hux doesn't do it for me but you know what If you like Hux love him for me You love him twice as much for me And yeah And I will not like him twice as much for you And that's how that you works You know what
2: I'm calling this episode? Huh? Hux and fucks Hux, Cause it's got Hux and Fucklin in it. And Hux so it's and the Hux, Hux. So it's got the two two like kind of slimiest characters. Hux Huxlin and, Fox. and
1: Uh Anyway, so they run into Hux, and Hux is like, "Oh my God, I'm late for a meeting." They really do have the same attitude. I'm late for a meeting. How am I gonna get up there? And he's like, "You there, technician. What's your name?" Kaz is like, hi, I'm Matt, the radar technician. What's up? He's like, I want you to take me to my meeting. So Kaz is like, okay. And so he tells CB-23 and Niku to go find the MacGuffin while he takes care of this. So they get separated. So they're in an elevator and it's super tense because, you know, Kaz is in the same small, tiny area with the man that destroyed his planet. And he is just slowly just seething. And getting more upset, just listening to Hux behind him being like, Oh my god, I'm late! And so finally, Kaz turns around and looks at Hux. And Hux is like, Do you have something to say to me? And Kaz has this moment of like, I could die right here, but I'm absolutely going to fucking tell you off for destroying my planet. But lucky for Kaz, the door behind him opens. And there's old Goldie himself, Commander Pyre, waiting on the other side. And Kaz is like, Oh no. He cannot see my face. Bum bum bum. What do you think
3: about one, Chris?
2: Oh my god, that was pretty good. Um, I would have done a double fake with Kaz. I would have had, I would have had her like. I think it would have been re- li- really, cool if she was like, "Oh, is that Kaz?" And it's just a, you know, she starts to realize, you know, she sees another guy you know buffing the floor and and like and so she's seeing like things a reminder of of the colossus and then she's like is that kaz and then she she's like kaz and looks at him and it's just you know an alien or something when he turns his head and then he turns the corner and keeps going down the hallway and then he passes the other the real kaz and i think that would have been a nice little flip flip around for it like writing wise um um I I I like um Gaelic's character design. Like I,
1: Yeah, this is the second time we've Very
2: un Disney. It's not un Star Wars like because a lot of characters in Star Wars, rebels, dark side, you know, imperials, bad guys, good guys. You see a lot of guys that look like they're just like they went down to the comic shop and picked up some people and said, Hey, want to be in a Star Wars movie? And, and threw them in, you know, and uh, which is what, like, you know, a, a force full of recruits would be like. So she has, it's, but it's very un Disney like. They make people either look very just sort of slim and trim and athletic, or they're either really big and fat and, or like you know muscular or something they're usually very tight but they're usually very like proportional you know even you know yeah even like she's, she's kind of short she's yeah even like short. cartoony
1: proportional
2: yeah and and like she's got she's just got a, a a strange shape for showing up it stands out in a disney show you know and, but it's very, it, because it's not very stylized, it's very much in like, like the shape of her face and stuff. She's just like a very, just normal middle aged woman, you know? And like you could yeah. see her as a school as your school teacher or whatever, but like I don't uh, want her
3: I, as my school teacher. <laughs> well, you
2: know what I mean? But you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, someone yeah, that just... looks like her. You know, she she looks like a, a, a normal person, and I'm not used to that in the di- in, in in especially in the Disney or even in like you know all the all the from Clone Wars on. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I just thought that was really neat. And these are the things. She looks oh. like
1: somebody that they they yeah they, that they probably just recruited off of any planet, unlike someone like Phasma or like Tyranny who are like these like great people. Like she just looks like somebody they just picked up and they're like, hey, you want you a job? And she's like, yeah, yeah, hell yeah, I want a job. Get me the fuck out of here.
2: This one, this is this is where I have my problems with this one. Uh, um the the i think it's it's a writing problem and i and i wonder if this went through some stages and maybe if it it might not have been originally set on the colossus and been a slightly different story of of some sort or something it just has some it's like i understand why it takes place on like the uh, like a sister ship to sort of compare and contrast and you know push um, TAM's buttons but it's very just sort of everything's sort of forced in like you have N- Niku just sort of like hi we are on a spy mission and doing the uh, you know we are breaking the law and and then just just expositioning like there
1: is a little bit of expositioning just Niku this.
2: Niku is just is just basically the exposition machine just to remind you that if we don't get this, they'll die, and we, you know, blah, 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 you know, this is why we're here, and this is what we have to do, let me, you know, let me make sure you know why we're here, and, uh, it was, it was, it it, it got, it got a little old, eventually, but, I mean, this is—I I mean, this is this is the kind of stuff that's keeping this from being like a nine-point-five episode, you know, or something like that. Not for that. me, I, spoiler
3: alert. <laughs> I,
2: oh, I really like this episode, but like, it has it has a it, it, it it's it it gets what it's supposed to do get done, and it looks really cool, and it's and it's fun, but it's it's a little it's it's not as um just. It it, it doesn't it doesn't flow with the the natural sort of storytelling that that you see a lot of the times in in the verse you know, where they where they just you know where they don't have to have the uh, exposition, you know. When
3: it comes and, to the
1: ship, um, something I do wish they had kind of um, buffed up earlier was the Colossus was actually a ship for the Empire um and there's no nothing that indicates that other than unless you've seen rebels there's an episode of rebels the, the one where sabine infiltrated as a pilot to get wedge and hobby um Strike academy looks almost exactly like the colossus and they are very similar designs because they are because Strike academy is an earlier model and so like it almost seems out of place, like almost too coincidental that the first order just happens to have a ship like the Colossus. But if you knew the information of the Colossus was an imperial ship before it settled on Castellon, that would make much more sense for the first order to have something very similar to it. The difference is this is a newer model, and the Colossus is like twenty years old, and so or at over twenty years old. It has it didn't fly in twenty years because it was submerged. And I think something like that, like that kind of detail earlier where it had, even if just like a throwaway line of like in season one or something, just being like, this looks like the old Imperial ships. Just like some throwaway line, just to kind of set the stage of like why these are the same. Um, That transition would probably be a little bit easier because it it does feel a little coincidental that they just so happen to be going to a ship. I will totally agree with you on that. And that took me researching this episode to know all that. <laughs> like I looked into it. <laughs> Most Joshmo watching this is not going to be like looking into the Wikipedia of like the origins
2: of the clock. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just get the feeling there was some something up with this. It, 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 either you know, that this is maybe this is a combination of, you know, three episodes or you know, uh it, it, something they came up with to take the place of more episodes you know because it probably would have been going on longer
1: i will get to that in my act two theory but
2: yeah but that's about all i got for act one
1: um for me i i'll get my my very very shallow note out of the way look i know not everyone is sabine wren and have her art talent but they couldn't give CB-23 a better paint job, she is still pink and blue almost.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, not everybody's Sabine Wren, but at the same time...
1: I could dip her in black paint.
2: No, there's got to be somebody who does detailing on on ships and paints. You know, there's got to be somebody who does that sort of work there. Maybe they're not that good or whatever, but yeah, it would seem like there would be somebody who would be really good at that.
1: And I get there's like a lot of rolly droids around and they all have this like kind of black and red scheme and they didn't want to like glue CB in like the mist of them. But I don't, it's every time I saw CB, I'm like, she just looks like she has oil smeared on her. And maybe she does. Maybe they're out of paint. But then,
2: but then, they... then we go to the point where like people just sort of ignore droids.
1: That's true. That's true.
2: If a droid's going to get in trouble, it's most likely going to be other droids. Spoiler.
1: Yep, yep, yep. I have to say, though, I really... One of the things I like most about this episode is this is a really ballsy plan for Kaz and Niku. Like, this is a dangerous, very ballsy plan. And it may be, like, kind of looking back as a whole, like, I wish there were more episodes like this in Season 2 where it's like, we have to... This feels almost like a Rebels plan. Like, this almost feels like a Rebels episode. Well,
3: that's Um,
2: why I say it feels condensed because the whole like, like, I mean, the, the, it seems like there would have, if you really would have wanted to, to make this like, yeah, this is a, this is a bold plan because it's, they're desperate. It's a desperate plan.
1: Which well, but, I'll, I'll note later because I do have a line. Uh, I did note that later in my notes.
2: Since you, since you, but since you only get their desperation through exposition. You know, if we don't do this, and they're going to die in a matter of hours on the Colossus, I
3: know.
2: we don't get any shots of the people at the Colossus, like we're running out of air, or I you know, know huh?
1: Oh, just like I know, I'm I'm going to come back to all this in my yeah own time.
2: yeah. You know, I it seems like there at some point there might have been an episode where something else happened. They had another adventure, and then <laughs> they lost what? that part.
1: I'm just gonna go ahead and do it now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> am I? Am I? Uh,
1: you're, yeah, because your
2: notes.
1: you really are. Um, because cause also, like, everything... You're also tearing into everything that I love about the episode, and I'm just going to be like, you know what? If you want to say your note twice, it's my turn now. Here we go! Um, this is my theory. I, from this moment on, from station to station, to the end of the show, I feel like it should be the end of season... It's the, the end of season three. But from the first episode of season two which is Into the Unknown, to Kaz's curse last week's episode, that does feel like a very traditional slow burn first half of a season two. And it feels like there's an entire season missing between last episode to this episode because there is a clear tone shift between Kaz's curse and this episode. Also, the characters are very suddenly in very different places um, because so far in all of season two, Tam's been doing great in the first order. She's been kicking it. She's rising in the ranks. She is the star pilot. She's been fine, and now she's very suddenly homesick. And then you have Niku, who is just like totally rolling with the spy stuff. And not that Niku couldn't roll with dangerous stuff before. he has. But like there's there this feels different. And then there's Kaz. Kaz is the biggest shift. Because last week, he was getting smushed by his own plane in Kaz's Curse. And then this week, he's suddenly very capable. He's very quietly tailing Hux and Pyre. He is saving Niku from stormtroopers with, like, very technical technician dialogue. And then the biggest one in Act 3... He freaking out shoots two stormtroopers who already has blasters on them and quick draws them much faster than they do. And yeah, everybody from stuff. So
2: we've seen him learn. We've but, seen him picking but up all not that all
1: together. And it feels like there's a season missing between right. last episode and here. And this is where I feel like maybe they found out that they got canceled.
3: Right, and right.
1: Because the first half of season two feels very deliberately slow. It all feels purposeful. We've been talking about the struggle. We've been talking about the scraping together. And maybe that's why this feels so rushed and weird. Now they have to
2: start combining episodes and, and combining stuff to get to the to make it work to the end.
1: Yeah, because there's like seven episodes left. So it feels like right. this was the moment where they felt like they found out they got canceled, and now they have to cram like a, a season and a half into seven episodes. And it feels like this episode is the one of the faults of that. But I still love this episode. I think this is one of the best episodes of season well, that's, two so far.
2: That's, the, the, that's a testament to the strength of the writing and the production of the Filoni-verses. They will roll with stuff like that, you know? And, and to put a season... Uh, yeah, it sucks to put a season and a half in se- seven episodes, but it's doable to a crew like that, you know? So...
1: Now, I don't know this for sure. That's just my theory. But I yeah. always felt like the first half of season two does not meet the last third of season two. It feels like it's a completely different season. And it's something different. Um, and yeah, that, that's my theory. But like I I feel like if we had more time, we would have had more ballsy plans that Niku and Kaz would be here. We would have seen the classes, people. But for what we got, like looking at what we got as a show... I like this episode. I think this is a needed episode because, for one, we haven't had a lot of Tam. And I like seeing Kaz and Niku taking these kinds of risks in a war. You know, here's the war. They're there. They're snicking the ships. And I like that it has that Rebels feel. I like that this feels like Ezra going into the cadets of the Empire to try and, like, figure out stuff and posing as cadet. Like, I like that. And, yeah, um, I, I think that's a strength of this. Um, my, uh, one of my other notes is I actually really like the opening. Like I make fun of Recklin for like bitching and griping, but I like that the grass is not greener for Tam and Recklin. You know, they were, especially for Tam, Tam's really the one I care about because fuck Recklin. Um, but Tyranny like sold her on these like delusions of grandeur, like, oh, you're going to be a superstar Tamra. You're going to be the best. We're going to love you. It'd be great. And she's doing grunt work, and she's just in here going. At least it was fun when I was with Eager, you know. Uh, and and I, and I like that whole idea of like she got to the grass, she got to the other pasture, and it's not greener. In fact, it's kind of suckier and worse because her family's not there.
2: I I got I got a slightly different vibe off that. I got a slightly ironic vibe that Ruckland was kind of bitching, and she was just kind of like, "Yeah, shut up, Ruckland." You know, we got cuz also she's more used to doing grunt work and she might understand better that like you got to maintain the ships too you know mm-hmm. and uh
3: but she and, specifically says yeah but she's, At least yeah, but she's just it
2: like was... yeah it's the same old thing as the colossus but like here I am here's my buddy it's ruckland you know yeah. so but I, I i didn't get i didn't get her being as she seemed sort of just sort of like rolling with it she seemed like she was you know ready 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 to just sort of roll with it and like starting to get enough in the routine that she was just like yeah okay I'm just living my living my life but like yeah
1: oh that's interesting because to me it felt like it was a very deliberate setup for the episode um where she was
2: it it was but it, it didn't seem as it like it didn't seem. It seemed like maybe like she'd. She still had her doubts, but she was just sort of like, she had it. It seemed like she had a more realistic view of it than Rockland, where she was like, "Yeah."
3: I pers- mean,
1: everybody has a real, real yeah. That's
3: true. <laughs>
1: uh, well, I see. I always I see what you're saying, but I don't agree. I feel like it was doing something else, which is fine.
2: I feel it was doing the same thing, just, like, a little lighter Mm, on the mm. the lighter lighter end of it.
1: Then I agree with you, Honeywell. I (laughs) agree. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so I also, I just, I really love the scene of Hux in Chasm in an Elevator um like if i was
2: kaz i would have been thinking i could put i could shoot him in the head right now
1: well there's two other troopers in there and that's that's the tension if kaz is by himself yeah but but
2: like i like i might be an irrational rage pointed that you know the the person that i thought like blew up my whole planet i might be just like yeah i'm not coming out of here alive but this guy's gonna be dead you know (laughs) just fancy (laughs) and i would have been you know
1: yeah and i I, (laughs) something i think about Earth
2: sends its regards general fox
1: but i almost kind of wish i want to know what cows would have said you know before the door opened and there was pyre because like for one the tension is so good like you can see like he, we, we we constantly talk about with sonara being a very physical character like she what she says is different from her actions and in that moment like that was a very sonara scene for cash you can see him like trying to keep his cool but the more hucks talks, you can just see kaz just melting away to something much more angry something that we don't normally yeah. see from kaz
2: and it was I a got very the, i good... got the feeling it was a total blank as to what he was saying that he like completely lucked out that the elevator door opened because he would have just stood there and been like Gah.
1: <laughs> i i don't think so i think he would have I, I think he had something in mind, and Pyre just beat him to it, and I, I'm really interested to know what he would have said. He would have probably died, so it's probably a good thing that Pyre did, came up there, but that's just... That's such good writing right there, because it's... And it's not even really writing. I should say it's animation, because Kaz doesn't really say anything. He doesn't say anything in enta- most of that scene. Um, but just to see how he's reacting to, like, the man who killed his home... Being like two feet behind him, it's it's just really well done, and there's so much in that moment, and I loved it. But that's all I have for Act One. Did you have anything else?
2: No, I don't. Act Two. Act Two.
1: When oh, I cough.
3: <coughs>
2: <clears throat>
1: <clears throat> yeah, the fall allergies are just just barely starting just barely just the ragweed is starting to come up just a hair just Mm
3: -mm, enough to make me
1: a just to make me a touch sniffly i've been a touch sniffly for about two days now
2: i used to live i used to i when i had asthma really bad i used to live with just fields of ragweed on like all sides of me i do not miss that at all
1: Mhm. Mhm. that's one of mine so i would have died Probably
2: not, that. I would just the whole day would just been like. Ugh. Oh, <clears throat> anyway. once w- once I I my cousin and I my cousin came to visit us and I'm like let's go camping. We went across the street and went camping and I didn't think about it, but we camped in a in a field full of ragweed and I like woke up in the middle of the night like. <laughs>
4: <laughs> dumb
2: dumb dumb. Anyway, act two. Act two. Tom. So.
1: The elevator opens, and Kaz is facing Hux, and Pyre's at his back. And luckily, he just scoots to the side, and Hux leads with Pyre, and Kaz is like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> I didn't die. Oh, shit. I thought to do something that would have gotten me killed. And he starts falling behind them. You know, just falling behind. No one seems to care that there's a technician following them. And and Hux are just talking shop. They're just like, hey, did you see about these, like, refueling stations? Hux is like, yeah, this one sucks. Do you have more? And Pyre's like, well, we're trying to get this one called the Colossus. But it's become a Resistance cell. And, like, Hux is like, oh, my God, I hate the Resistance so much it's not like i'm gonna be a spy in the next movie or anything and fire's like what was that he's like it's nothing i didn't say i'm gonna be a spy in the next movie it's tross and Pyre's like oh it's trust. nobody likes tross it's fine I-, I didn't even see it and so they're just talking about refueling stations and they get to their meeting and go in the room and kaz is like okay i'm gonna leave now bye <laughs> So anyway, we're going back with Tam and Recklin, and that bitch is all just like, Yay, we found the supply area! And Tam is like, "Oh, the supply area? This looks like where my gay uncle's Orca and Flix used to live! Aww, they gave the best Christmas presents. You know, they got that dink lifestyle. You know, so they just gave the best presents. And Recklin's like, They were never nice to me. I don't miss them at all. Like, Why does everyone love Orca and Frick? They're like the biggest jerks and Tam is like you fucking take that back you motherfucker You must suck really hard if Orkin and flicks don't like you because they love everyone you piece of shit And that's all that was all that happened to that scene uh, <laughs> People
2: that they dropped through their trap door.
1: Well, they were trying to rob them <laughs> That's what they did. Rucklin was like, hey, I want to get stuff for free. And they just dropped him. And that's when Rucklin stopped going to them. Anyway, back with Niku. Uh, Niku is just trying to still find the MacGuffin and he comes across two stormtroopers. And he's just like, um, 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 it's actually a really cute scene. Um, but Kaz shows up and he's just like, Oh, there you are, not Niku, your pseudonym and stuff. Oh, look, stormtroopers, I have this B-52. Song wrench that tells me songs and stuff. Do you want to see it? And the troopers are like, Oh my god, technicians, you're a bunch of nerds! 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 Like, literally, that's how they make the stormtroopers go away. Like, Kaz just starts talking about nerdy shit, and the stormtroopers are like, Ugh, nerds! And they leave. So, anyway, uh CB23 is helping to guide them through doors because they leave her behind and they have to go find the McGuffin. And, uh, they go to all different places and go rooms to rooms, and they finally get down to engineering. Well, when they're down in engineering, Tam is walking through the hallways, and she happens to hear the two stormtroopers who are going, nerds, talking about getting stuck in the elevator, and you know what? You want that elevator fixed? Who's the fucking nerds now, you asshole? Those nerds are gonna come save your asses. But not these two nerds, they're undercover, but other nerds are gonna come save you, you fucking little pieces of shit. And one of them just happens to mention Niku's species. And Tam is like, oh no, I only know one Nikto with someone who possibly looks like Kaz. Oh no, there's bullshit afoot! So she pieces out on that bitch Rucklin. She's like, Rucklin, I forgot shit. You finished all the work. Peace out. And Rucklin's like, fine. But Rucklin just so happens to be pushing a car and runs into cb 23 And he looks at her and goes, huh, that's a really shitty paint job on that droid. There must be some bullshit afoot! So he follows CB-23. And following CB-23, he spots Kaz and Niku in engineering. And he is just like, oh my god, this is like Space Nazi Christmas! And that bitch kicks in the door going, I got you, Kaz! I got you, Kaz, I found you ever since episode three kazuda when you blew up my ship i've waited for sweet revenge on you and kaz is like uh i saved your life dude you blew up your own ship and rucklin's like i'm here to best you and kaz tries to appeal to rucklin because he's like rucklin look we're not here to like hurt the first order the people of the Colossus are about to die. We have to get this part. We have to save their lives. And if you cared anything about your old home, just please don't turn us in. Let us get this MacGuffin. And Recklin's like, well, they shouldn't have sided against the First Order. Because he don't care, because he's an actual sentient living bag of dicks. So Recklin calls in security, and Kaz and Niku get locked inside of engineering. Bum, bum,
3: bum.
2: Yeah, I, I can't believe that they actually thought that they, they could appeal to Ruckland's sympathies for it. Cads really should have been just like, I mean, listen, if, you owe have, me though? one. You owe me one. Like, you you know it and I know it. There's no bullshitting here. Nobody, it's you and me here. You know it and I know it. I saved your life, you know, and this is how you're going to do me in the whole Colossus. I see, buddy. I see. But I mean, like, so, like I don't know if that so would have worked much. either. He's
3: yeah, I don't
2: know if that would have worked either, but I, I think it would have possibly been more of a more effective way to appeal to to the to the Ruckland. I, I that, love the that scene would have
1: been something that would have been different like because we know that Ruckland had two friends. One of them did come to the first order with him because we saw her earlier in the season. but the other one that was the Soulston. he was an alien didn't. So if something that would have been cool is if there was more time with like Ruckland's two lackeys, Kaz could have at least been like, what about, you know, your soulist in front? Like, he's still in the yeah. Colossus. He's dying. <laughs> like, but they didn't have enough time to develop that.
4: Yep, yep.
2: That would have... I didn't even think of that. Um, let's see. I they got a few short notes on this. Uh, I, I I I like... Uh, see, one of the, the reasons they, they, they had to have it on, like, the Colossus is so Tam could have those where's the soul moments of, like... Oh yeah, this reminds me of home, but solace, you know. So it just, it just, it, it pushes both, you know, memories of of home, and it also pushes the 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 differences between that and the empire. Mm-hmm. So that that was the whole reason why they had to have all that exposition and stuff. But that's a good, it, it was a good metaphor. Um, I love the scenes of Pyre kissing Hux's ass. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> this here. is a guy who's the you know pyre's pyre is a pathetic he's he's really a pathetic character he's a sub-greevy sub Duku dupe basically you know who thinks he's a badass and this is a guy whose ass he's got to kiss he gets Hux. absolutely
1: coupled by tyranny
2: Hux, the guy, whenever anybody's superior to him, they just like hold, they just flop him down on the floor with the dark side of the force and mash his face in the ground, and go like, Hux, take a little spin around, goofus. So I always think that I always love seeing. I always love watching one flunky have to out flunky another flunky. (laughs) Um, And uh, my only other note is. Once I knew that it was Elijah Wood as Fuckland, I can't unhear it. I can't <laughs> unhear Mr. Frodo in there, you know? It's so funny. I can't help, like, not having Elijah Wood's face superimposed over it, you know, a little bit. But if I'd never known, I n- never would have figured it out. I might at the most been like, "Yeah, voice sounds kind of familiar, but I wouldn't have, probably.
1: I actually had... Kind of a backwards version of that. Actually, last night. So last night, um, every Sunday night is our TV, our TV night. It's when we all sit together, like like me, my stepmom, and Billy, and we sit together and we watch TV. And we're watching The Good Place for the first time. Billy's already seen it. She's introducing it to me and Lynn. And we're watching an episode, and there's this character named uh, Real El- Eleanor, Real Eleanor, and I just was staring at her the entire time, and. I was just like, God, she sounds so familiar and she looks familiar. Where do I know her from? And she said something very specific. And I gasped and went, oh, my God, it's Tia Sarkar. It's Sabine Wren. (laughs) It's
3: Sabine Wren. she's in
1: the good place. And I was like, no one told me that Tia is in the good place. And I've been watching this and, like, no one told me. And it was just this moment, because she said something that was just so very Sabine, exactly in Sabine's voice, and it, like, struck me so hard, and now I can't unsee her. <laughs> I was just like, ah, oh, it's Sabine, this is awesome. <laughs> so I had kind of, like, a backwards of that last night. Um, really, really, really enjoying The Good Place, and I also just want to take a second to plug Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso Everybody's
2: just, plugging Ted Lasso. It's
1: the most purest show. It is That's just a, so Everybody's
2: using the word wholesome with it's Ted just, Lasso.
1: It's so good, Chris. It's I can't. I I just I can't recommend it enough. It's so good. Oh my god, he's here. He's there. He's every the fucking where. Roy Kent. Roy Kent. Oh, go watch Ted Lasso, everybody. It's great. Um, and if you can't, if you don't want to buy Apple TV, pirate it because it's great. Um, anyway, he didn't hear that on Jago's and Jedi. Uh, no. any other notes, about Alan's?
2: Uh, I saw my notes.
1: Um, I already did one of my big notes. Um, so we find out why the Colossus is so important in this episode because that was kind of a big theory. Like, why do they want the Colossus? Like, what's so special? Is there something magical about it? Is there a MacGuffin in it or something like that? And I like that we find out that it's just a gas station. That's all it is. And yeah, it's but just... that's
2: the most uh, infrastructure. That's what you need during you know they well, if you want to.
1: Well, that's the thing I like about it though is to the First Order, the Colossus is just another cog in the machine. It's just a thing for them to get to make their war machine work. But then to our heroes, to people like Kaz and Eager and Aunt Z and Orton Flicks, it's their home. This gas station is worth fighting for. It's falling apart. It's a piece of shit. It's breaking down, but it's their home. And I like that difference that like to the First Order, it's just a thing and a means to an end but there's, it's worth it to this, these people, this gas station. And I like that kind of metaphor that to some people, like you go by a gas station, it's just a thing. But to some well, people, like it's very important to them.
2: Well, it's like someone taking a world war two, like, um, aircraft carrier or something. I don't know if they had, uh, yeah, I think they had aircraft carriers in world war two, but they took, you know, they took a aircraft carrier and just like, Pulled it into a port in some Caribbean country and turned it into a resort, you know, place to come and and fuel up your boat and stuff. And you know, and you know, they started tearing out some of, the, you know, replacing some of the stuff, throw some nice, you know, colorful tapestries on it and and stuff like that, and just have it sit there. You know, it's not cruising around the ocean doing its thing anymore. Now it's just a structure for. You know that that's very convenient because it's got everything just sort of on one thing. i I like that idea of reused war surplus, except it's a whole giggundu station,
1: yeah, yeah. that's that, meant to
2: be flying around in space, but they're just like, ah, we'll park it right in this middle of this ocean."
1: yeah, absolutely. um and i I just think that's a cool thing because like I, there's a lot of theories going around for the longest time about like what's so special about the colossus. And nothing. It's just a gas station. But to these people, it's a very, very important gas station. It's their house. It's their home. It's where the people they love live. And I I just think that's a really cool way of framing a lot of Star Wars. You know, a lot of things in Star Wars. Like people who fight for just these small things, but to the big bad, to so like to the empires and the first orders or to to or anything like that.
3: They're yes. not
2: Star Wars is full of people who have to, like, make new homes and make new families, you know, or make their own homes or make their own families. Yeah,
1: like, um, I'm reading Out of the Shadows right now, which is one of the, the, the newest High Republic book, and it opens with Syl losing her ship to the Nihil, and it's the only thing left she has of her mother um and she has this like choice of do i stay and fight for the final thing that my mother has and will probably die because her mother passed away like right before the book started so it's like the last thing she has of her mom and she's like do i stay on the my mom's ship and die or and her crewman convince her to leave and it's just this moment of like having to decide and that's what this kind of feels like you know and that actually is a great segue into my next note i adore the scene of Kaz pleading with Ruckland's humanity because he, for one, there's not very many options. Ruckland has them. Right. Um, And Ruckland coldly is coldly willing everyone to die and is, is willing to let everyone die. And it, that to me is the summary of these two characters and their journey up to this point of the show since we started talking about it in episode three. And just a reminder for anybody who hasn't heard episode three of Resistance um, in Feel for the Fire, that's the name of the episode, we had talked about how Kaz and Ruckland are very similar characters. They're both kind of upper class kids. Uh, they're both, Kaz at the time is a bit selfish, like Ruckland. He's very self centered, like Ruckland. They have a lot of similarities. But the fundamental difference is, Ruckland is a survivor and selfish, and Kaz, at his very core, is a kind person.
2: Well, that's and, what I was gonna say. Kaz is kind, but I was good. Not I'm not so kind with Ruckland. Ruckland's like a psychopath. <laughs> no, no,
1: I, I'm not saying that Ruckland's kind. He's selfish and self centered, and no, that yeah, is No, yeah,
2: I'd go further. I'd be just like psychopath. He's a, he's he's a cold he's cold blooded sociopath psycho because he's just like yeah they can die for making. The wrong decision, you know? Yeah. And as a matter of fact, he might have been. He was probably power tripping a little bit over that. That like he's like, ooh, I'm going to wipe out the whole Colossus. And he shouldn't have been such jerks to me.
1: And that's kind of the thing. Because Rucklin was such a jerk. He was always like the kick-around boy on the the Colossus. Like, the very first episode, like, he showed up. Like, everybody warned Kaz. Like, from Aunt Z to Niku, they were like, stay away from Rucklin. And Kaz was like, no, I'm gonna go sit with the cool kids. And Rucklin played him. And, like, he's always... And then, of course, we see Rucklin being, like, the kick-around boy for the Aces. And, like, serving them drinks and stuff like that. You know? But that's because Rucklin is... Uh, an underbelly slitherer stab you in the back person to get yeah. up the ranks he worked uh, his way up to the, he worked his way up back? to the aces while he while kaz was just genuinely kind he helped the people he was in the marketplace he got to know the people he got to know antsy he got to know work on flicks he just got to be friendly and kind to people and people liked kaz more which and which ended up ostracizing ruckland away from his own home because this newcomer got further faster and ruckland who had been trying to cutthroat his way up for years didn't so it made him such a perfect candidate for the first order because he is a psychopath but yeah. it it all comes down to here where kaz is trying to use his kindness and pleading at to for ruckland to have any humanity but ruckland who burned all of his own bridges himself is like what did those people ever do to me like do for me, I should say. What 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 did those people do for me, Kaz? Nothing. They're on the wrong side, and I liked that. It, it's like the this was the climax of their two character journeys coming together ever since episode three, and I'm here for it, and I love it.
2: Well, I think it, I also think it's funny that a guy like Recklin like gets no respect on the Colossus. I'm gonna go to the the first order, and he's not gonna get any respect from them either because. I know. No, his personality type doesn't good or evil side he's just not you know he's a. he's kind of a dick
1: yeah absolutely absolutely um but that's all I have for act two did you have anything else
2: although if he it's too bad he wasn't back in the old empire because like Tarkin might have uh, really like I, I could see Tarkin seeing Ruckland and going like I see a lot of myself in you. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, That's Tarkin's way, young, smar- young way, way, way smarter than be Rockland. A
2: true, truly asshole, asshole, but I could help you with that.
1: Tarkin's way smarter than Rockland.
2: Uh, well, yeah, but you gotta start somewhere.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh,
2: I was rich, I was a rich asshole pretty boy myself One, once upon a time. But you don't truly know how to put the knife in the back.
1: And then your hair turns gray. And then it's like, oh, I guess I have to be smart now. I guess I have to be... Actually, I love Peter Cushing. I was about to say, I (laughs) guess I have to be Peter Cushing, but I love Peter Cushing. One day,
2: your hair (laughs) will thin and your face will...
1: Just suck into your cheeks.
2: Suck into your skull from pure evil, but...
1: (laughs) God, I love Peter Cushing. Rest in peace, good sir. I was I I got you know like a weird kick to watch like some videos from Lord of the Rings and I was like watching like all these like Christopher Lee like interviews and I was just like I miss Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing so much oh my god oh
2: uh, I could send I could send you a, uh, a YouTube movie that's great I got uh, I got a look at I think it's Terror Express or whatever but it's got Lee and Cushing together on a train and they're great and it's got a woman on it who's they sort of assistant, but she's just as, you know, she's just as capable of them. And she's sort of the good version of, um, of, um, gallic you know, she's just sort of a middle-aged, maybe, maybe butch lesbian lady, you know, it's a, it's a seventies movie. So they don't, you know, there's no real, but she's got sort of that vibe to her, but she's, you know, completely completely ready to kick monster ass when it comes down to it. Mm. But seeing um, Lee and Cushing together is is a joy.
1: I love the story of Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee getting kicked out of a movie theater because they were laughing too loudly. <laughs> and I'm like, of course they do. Of course they did. Because that is exactly what they would do. <laughs> And also it's just like, can you imagine just being like, God, those people behind me are just like so freaking loud and turning around and it's fucking Tarkin. Yeah, I wouldn't be
2: kicking them out. (laughs) I'd be a little intimidated by kicking them out, but okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, but yeah, act three.
2: Act three. Let's poop (sighs) this puppy up.
1: Poop the prep puppy up.
2: Prep the poopy puppy pup.
1: Oh my god, I'm like bleeding. Why am I bleeding? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> no i i must have like just hit my finger like on the desk and not realize it it's okay I'm, I'm fine i'm not like dying or anything i'm not just... a
2: gusher or anything no like, no
1: it's like a cuticle <laughs> like when your cuticle sometimes like you scrape up one anyway act three now it's
2: three with blood. now hope with blood. bleeds out let's hope she makes it through act three before bleeding out you gotta make it more dramatic hope
3: going to be now with blood
2: hope she makes it through act three before the blood covers up her monitor and she can't read anymore
1: (laughs) if if us talking about cunts didn't make this r-rated the blood now does (laughs) the blood now gets us into the r category because now we have gore Actually, I think it's just not done. Anyway, F3. So we open with an evil meeting, and Hux is being Hux. And he's all just like, I want this station, and I want it now. I want the golden goose, Dad. I want gooses, and geese, and a goose that legs golden eggs for. Empire's just like. <sighs> And everyone's just like, Uh And Hux is like, I want the resistance snuffed out. And then, and then the, the alarm goes off and Pyre's like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God the alarm's going off. I just saved 20 minutes of my life. Hello, we the evil thing. You know, what's going on? Thank you for cutting off Hux. All anyway. right. So in the hallways. Tam is, like, running around because, I don't know, alarms are going off. And she comes up to, like, a little station with a little tiny TV screen, because remember Kaz and Niku are locked inside engineering. There's Kaz and Niku! And Kaz is like, oh my god, what are we gonna do? And Niku's like, I don't know, but here's an exposition dump for Tam to hear about how everybody in the closet is gonna die in, like, two hours if we don't leave right now. And Kaz is, and uh, Tam is like, oh no! The people in the Colossus, they're close to death. They need the magical magical MacGuffin. Okay. And because she's a good person, after hearing the exact same story that Ruckland did, and he's a piece of shit, she frees Kazaniku from engineering and even sends a group of stormtroopers off in a completely different direction. And but that doesn't matter because Kazaniku run into stormtroopers of their own. And Kaz. Kazuto Zioto, Mister, I'm clumsy. Mister almost crushed himself to death in his own ship last week. Um, Kazuto Yodo takes down these two, these two stormtroopers like a goddamn sharpshooter.
2: Yeah, they're in kind of close quarters though, so he just has to sort of go bloop bloop it point blank. But yeah, and
1: they're already pointing their blasters
3: at him. And yeah, yeah. Miku, and he yeah, they're they're they're. they're
2: He's lucky he's not in America, man. Our cops would not let him get in his hands so near his blaster.
3: It's space.
2: (laughs) Yes.
1: Um. Anyway, and he saves stormtroopers, man. (laughs) Yeah, he saves both him and Niku, and it's great. But they get stuck in a door, so they're like, "Cb, open the door for us." And Cb twenty three to the rescue, and she's all sassy, but she's like, "I guess I'll come get you guys." But she's not fast enough because, in the best line of the episode. (laughs) I must say. Pyre shows up, and he stops and goes, oh, Kazuna Ziono? And Hux goes, He Hu? makes me mad every time, just that, Hu? And P- Pyre's like, uh, those are resistant spies, sir. And they're like, ah, oh, shoot them. So they're all pew-pewing, and Kaz is like, ah, yeah. But they're able to get away as Pyre loses his ship, shit. And Pyre's like, oh, I'll get you soon. So they get out to the hangar, and Niku's like, Kaz, I have the best idea. And Kaz is like, I'm open to ideas. Nico's like, let's ride on the crane to get to our ship. And Kaz is like, that's a really fun idea. And Niko's like, I know, right? Let's go ride the crane. Yeager's not here to tell me not to ride the crane, so I'm gonna ride the crane because Yeager's not here. Let's go! And they climb up on the crane, and, and CB starts to move the crane, but uh oh, uh, bum 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 two murder balls are like you came to the wrong neighborhood, bitch! And CB23 takes out her knife and she's like, what the fuck did you just call me? You just called me a bitch? You dead motherfucker. And she starts fighting them. Which makes the crane go crazy and wild. And starts slinging Kazuniku around. And everyone starts pew-pewing at our heroes. So Kazuda, Zeno, oh no. Now, quick draw Kazuda is doing what he does best. He starts to break stuff he's really good at it and he starts smashing big cranes into other big shits and starts knocking over canisters and causing all sorts of mayhem and they start running across the top in a really cool scene i love this scene actually uh they run across the top of the canisters as they fall down and they jump off and get onto their shuttle and they get the heck and heck out of there and pyre's like i'll get you next time and hux is like i'm gonna go home now (laughs) and hux leaves too Back with Tam. Tam is all like, what a day. And that bitch shows up and he's all like, hey, Tam, did you hear? I just got back from Mordor and I also caught Kazniku. And Tam's like, oh, really? Did you hear, bitch? They got away, you asshat. Bye-bye now. So Hux loses it and yells at Pyre some. So Pyre calls his old fuck buddy, Tyranny, and is like, Tyranny, Hux is yelling at me. I really need you to not fuck me tonight. And Tyranny is like, oh, I actually don't do anything in this episode, so I'm just going to go back to my bubble bath. You think about that and jerk off cold alone, bitch. Bye. And she hangs up on him. And as, they, as the heroes fly away and get away to safety, Tam... Actually, no, not the heroes are already gone. As Tam and Rucklin fly away, Tam looks at the evil Colossus with a sort of look of like, yeah, I don't belong in the First Order anymore. I need a way out. The end. My first big note is Kaz freaking Gunslinger over here, in all caps. There you go, it's out of the way. <laughs> What'd you think about 3?
2: It was good. I don't have a lot of notes on it because... Yeah, you know the, uh, the 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 stuff uh, like the thing that got on my nerves is niku niku you you noted it in the the synopsis is just like for the fourth time niku handily spouts out the same information you know it's it's uh i guess maybe having it, him do it a bunch of times was trying to make it may seem like it was just niku being quirky or niku like but like yeah it was but Um, but just the, the, the motion and the physics and the weight of everything in that last sequence was amazing. Like, um, you know, there's, there's been a lot of like sequence, like computer generated sequences of like huge piles of barrels falling over and stuff. This looked like real barrel. Like when you see the videos of the warehouse, when somebody like hit a big pile of something with their, um. With their um, right. forklift, forklift, and it'll collapse a whole bunch of stuff. It's like security camera footage of like, "Oops, oh, somebody's having a bad Monday," you know, type thing. But everything in there just had you could see, you could feel the weight of everything in the the physics and the dynamics, and everything moved like it had, you know, the cranes moved like they had an incredible amount of weight behind them, and. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really, it just really shows, you know, when, when you take that, that care, it gives everything a lot more, you know, physical feel to it and grounds it in reality of stuff that you've seen before. And it was just, it was really nice. And the, yeah. the, the la- that last shot with, the, with the Titan just sort of centered in the screen was just a really beautiful looking shot. It was mm-hmm. almost like a knife or something. It was just neat
1: how it's like slightly darker too um like like that like it's painted differently like you see the colossus and like even though the colossus has been darker in space like there's just still something that's very like bright about it and like this one's like
4: well yeah it's
2: been been sitting in the sun getting bleached out by (laughs) by salt water and stuff i'm assuming it's probably salt water you know you know what i mean whereas this thing is like a nice sleek you know just sleek Coating of imperial military gray, you know, and it's it doesn't have any th- extra things attached to it that it's barnacled on over the years, you know. It's it's just it's it's more pure, you know, it's it's right there at its original intention. But that's all I got for act three.
1: I was muted, it's fine. <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking and I was (laughs) like, Yes, um, so I'm going to give. My like big criticism. But I'm going to follow it up with a good thing. Um, I do wish there was. Slightly more focus on Tam um, just because. We haven't had her much in the season. But that being said, this is a very packed episode, and I do like the stuff that they did with Kaz. So it's kind of like that Catch-22 is they did a lot of really cool stuff with Kaz and showed how, like, super capable he's starting to get. But at the same time, we've had very little Tam this season, and I wish we got to spend a little bit more time with her. And Not too much. Like, it's almost even. It's about 60-40 right now. Like, Kaz was the 60 and she was the 40, and I wish it was just, like, a little bit more 50-50. So it's, it's almost there. Um, but what they do with Tam in this episode, I still really like, um, I like how they set up that she's missing her home and she's starting to realize that this is not, she's not quite there yet, but like, she's starting to realize that this is not the place for her and she's starting to get there. And I do like that moment where her and Ruckland get the exact same information and she has, she chooses to help her old home. And she even has that moment of just like, I'm going to get so much fucking trouble if I get caught, but I'm going to do it anyway. And it shows that she still has that good heart and she's still a good person. So I like that they took that step with her, that she's still not ready to jump ship yet, but she's going in that place. And and that final shot is powerful, where she's just like staring wistfully at the Titan, thinking of the classes, and puts on her helmet. And uh, it's so good. It was a nice mirror of the very first episode, like, of season yeah. two when she puts on her helmet. But this is different. Like, she's just like, I miss my hel- helmet, I'm crying my helmet. Where in the first episode, she's like, I'm first order now, Bow! So it was, it was a nice mirror of the first episode. Um, I do really like, as you were saying earlier, Hux, I noted Hux's line of, desperation can be a dangerous thing. Because it's true. <laughs> I mean, God, what was i i was reading that one of the number one things stolen from grocery stores at the height of COVID in 2020 was diapers like that was what the number one thing stolen and when people are at their wit's end with no choices they're out of choices and they'll fight back you know they'll push back and that's what helps is truly scared of and that's what happened to the empire the empire pushed too hard and yeah. people pushed back because they were like no it's, not we're done with you
2: it's a variation of you know uh injured animals the most you know a cornered or injured animals the most dangerous kind you know
1: absolutely so i really like that line and that Hux was aware of it okay speaking of
2: which hang on a second okay. hey scratchy
1: nice, nice
2: somebody's scratching on the wall outside Where she's not supposed to be scratching.
1: Miss Bernice! Zeb is starting to do that when he's outside, and if you can't get to the door fast enough to little man, he'll start scratching on the door, and we have to be like, (laughs) No, what the fuck?
2: She's mad that I'm not flipping a string around for her right now. (laughs) She's used to having two people in the house, and she's not being entertained enough.
3: (laughs) Are you not
1: entertained, cat?
2: No, she is not.
1: (laughs) No, I'm a cat, bitch. (laughs) so my final note that I have this is uh, my ongoing note of man I wish there was a season three because I always thought that they could do something really cool with Hux in season three where now that he's been in contact with the Colossus crew he knows at least of Kazuto Ziono's name um, that could be a really interesting story to tell where he starts realizing he wants to be a spy and Having him, like, reach out to the Colossus and being like, I want to be a spy, I I want to do this thing, which would then put Kaz in a very fascinating position of, you know, now they have this insider spy to the First Order, but it's the guy who destroyed his planet. Like, what does that mean? And Well, it would
2: be sort of a Zabin-Kalas situation. I
1: was thinking more of, like, it'd be like asking Leia to team up with Tarkin or Vader. Like, Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and I always thought that that would be a really interesting story to explore um, of like them helping Huck spy. See, I uh, can see
2: him doing that in the books, but in the TV show, it's so close to the movies coming out, to the movies being out, that they probably would like, like they could do it, but they would have to do it just like plant the seeds of maybe Hucks might be like thinking that way. But like to do it to cuz if they did it overtly and someone hasn't seen Tross yet you know it would they they would be like oh wait hux is a spy you know at the beginning it, it would it would ruin the the reveal at the end of Tross. I mean- so i i think they would they would they would do it you know they would do the seeds but they would do it pre him actually becoming a spy but there would be like you know some you know, like the target incident where they end up being handcuffed together. You know, they're forced to. Oh, the Yuku Anakin assess, and... Yeah, some some sort of thing where a, where the seed gets planted for him to be a spy. You know, and you you see it, but it doesn't overtly come out and say it, so it wouldn't ruin Tross for for that. people.
1: I, I wouldn't mind it being, like, an episode because I feel like if there was a season three, there's so much to explore. Like, you know, there's yeah, a yeah. year between Last Jedi I and I could see him doing
2: it in a book, you know? I could see I doing this that. This
1: argument is what if we had a season three? <laughs> that is this argument. Yeah, a yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I would love to see an episode or two of that. I, I think it's primed for that because, Yeah. Um, and yes, it would be great in a book, Chris. You're right. I would read the. I would still read the book and everything. I would absolutely read it. And Chris, anyway, I just want to see it in You don't even read Star Wars books. No, like
4: I'm, not,
2: I'm not <laughs> saying I want to see it in a book. I'm saying that's where you would most likely see it. That would be like where it would, if that story element was turning up, they would do it in a book because they would know the people reading the book had priority seen Tross and, you know, all of that. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be sinking into the average movie. You know, spoiling it for average Joe right moviegoer.
1: Here's a question for you. You are writing season three of Resistance. You get two, one to two episodes with Hux. What would you do with him?
3: Uh, <laughs> I,
2: it's I, hard sorry. to say because he's such a... <laughs> he's su- such a, like... Yeah, like I—I I mean, I would definitely pair have it paired with Ezra because and have it. Be,
3: Ezra, where is Ezra? Ezra?
2: Ezra, Ezra Kaz.
1: Okay. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> what? So Ezra comes back with his spacewell adventures. He rides it on his spacewells, and he's like, yeah, "I'm no, here, everybody."
2: <laughs> no, but you, you know—I would definitely have it with Kaz and have Kaz have the realization that like. Or, or at least have the it, the insight that like this this guy who is such a like taken up such a demonic place in his psyche is really kind of more of a because Kaz at, at, at his base is kind, you know, and he's very human, you know, and uh humanistic and would be just and like you know where, where where Kaz sort of gets a realization that this guy's like more of a pathetic character, you know instead you know and instead of him being like this awful you know bad person which he is, but like he would see the 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 pathos in in Hucks you know and uh like and that's another thing is Hucks Hucks's Huck's spying wasn't out of like having any kind of like epiphany as to being a good person. It was just out of spite. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
2: so, so like I would have done, I would have done something to that effect cause I would be safe and it would, you know, it would, it would, you know, t- you know, take the, you know, like have, have Kaz have a, have a total like moment where, he could kill him or let him die, you know, more likely let him die. I think it would be too dark to have like Kaz being like, wait, I'm all alone with this guy. I could just shoot him, you know, and I would probably be morally, (laughs) you know, it would probably be pretty morally okay for me to shoot him or to let him fall into that pit or something. But, you know, he saves his life or whatever, you know, something, something like that. Cause he's just like, this guy is just pathetic.
1: If I, um, if For that to work, my thought would be the episode would open with Kaz and Leia having a conversation about losing planets. And then have Kaz go into that with that on his mind of just being like, oh my god. <laughs> I think that would be very powerful of him. And then yeah. like have it have it be bookend where they rescue Kaz and he goes back to Leia and he was like, you, you were right, I, I could have lost myself, but I didn't. Like, Thank you, General Organa. And then
3: I would cry. Yeah, I could I almost
2: cry. see Leia being like... well you know (laughs) younger leia younger leia would have been just like yeah kill him
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah fuck him. so but that's all i have for station to station did you have anything else
2: Uh, no i'm ready to score it up
1: you score it up because i'm very interested to know what your
3: score is i know it's very well i gave it
2: i gave an 8.5 i probably because i've been waiting to get more Tam's story and i got it and it was good but like Boy, it just—it seems like there was a little messing around in it that made the storytelling a little, little awkward, and, and like all the exposition and stuff was. It always stands out. It's it's like funny because it's standard fare in most other shows, you know, like especially you know, centered towards kids or cartoon shows, you know, where where exposition is used, but not very. It's it's. It, you can tell something's up when it turns up in, in a felony story so yeah. like I probably would have been like a 9 or a 9.5 with this but I'm giving it an 8.5 it's just a, it's a strong episode
1: okay so I kind of looked at this in two ways because I really do believe between last episode and this episode this is where they found out they were getting cancelled and they had to rush the ending um, I, tr- I fully feel like that is what happened I don't know for sure but that's my theory and I'm sticking to it but when I look at this episode, like in a vacuum, like with like outside of that, I love this episode. There's so much going on and it's so satisfying to see like where Kaz and Ruckland's journey has finally come to a head and, and have faced each other. Um, I like seeing like Tam starting to move towards um, missing her home and, and what that means for her. I like seeing Kaz and Niku taking a very ballsy mission that I feel like they should be taking more of because this is a very dangerous mission. And it's just cool to have like little things like Kaz in the elevator with Hux, like the man that destroyed his home, Um, like little things like that really make this episode sing for me. And so I give it a 9.5 out of 10. I really enjoyed this episode. It's uh, yeah like I I I knew going into it I liked this episode but I forgot how much I liked this episode and I all right I, well, I think station the station
2: we'll see you again in the season recap <laughs> yeah
1: absolutely I, it's still not like the disappeared for me because I feel like the disappeared just fires on all cylinders and that's still so far my favorite episode of the show but this is up there like this is there's a lot going on here and I really enjoy it to the point where. I might write about it for Remembering Resistance Day, even though this is coming out, like, two weeks later. Like, Remembering Resistance Day is the 29th of August, and yay! And I think I might write about Brooklyn and Kaz, because I forgot that it came to this head and it's really good. Well, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, the Two True Freaks Facebook page, and the Two True Freaks website. We want to hear from you! Send us Yoda questions! <laughs> Ask Yoda things. Um, and, yeah. So you got to
2: have questions.
1: Yeah, we have to have questions. I can only come up with so many. But eventually I'm just going to be like, what's up, Yoda? That's, <laughs> That's going to be the question. Um, this week, our feedback comes from our Resistance episode for The Engineer. And it was Posse Kelly talking about Tyranny Empire's hate-fucking.
2: C. kelly talking about tyranny empire getting it on oh yeah Yeah. i started cracking up at tyranny and pyres back and forth after hearing hope's theory on what they do at the end of the day focus on end pyre was a bit creepy (laughs) in his role-playing voice oh yeah talk about
1: circling the cuts (laughs) yes there we go. We've come back to it a third time. Comedy is in threes. There Formed we go. The
2: perfect circle.
1: All right. Comedy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, if you don't know what we're doing, whoa, well, there's multiple. Wait, there are multiple Tiki Golds. Okay, well, are we both have. There's three different ones. So, so you do have the hazelnut one,
2: right? I have the hazelnut one. It's in a blue and blue and gold stripe Yeah,
1: apparently there's a tiki gold coconut, a tiki gold vanilla, and a tiki gold hazelnut. So I just want to make sure we both have the well, hazelnut.
2: We're back to Waffers. It's a Waffer candy. Oh,
1: well, I need to finish my introduction. I haven't even opened the damn thing. Chris hates American Kit Kats, and Dario, who's Chris's co-podcaster for Eat and Beat It, sends us candy from all over the world to review. And this week, we are doing the tiki gold hazelnut that comes from Jamaica. We love you, Dario. Waffers.
4: Mm, it's good.
2: Oh, wow. It's not super hazelnutty. I but know, I trying, trying to find
1: where the hazelnut is. It's almost in the aftertaste more. Yeah. Mm.
2: I'm tasting it when I breathe it out through my nose. But then yeah. again, it is, it is, um, it's, there's a bit of pollen around, so.
3: Mm. Yeah. And I don't
1: want to say it's dry, but it's, like, denser than I would expect it to be. It's a little dense.
2: Well, it reminds me of the Little Debbie, um... Oh, what the Nut- hell are they called?
1: Peanut butter?
2: Yeah, well, the pe- Yeah, the peanut butter versions of mm. this. It's the same sort of general shape and size and thickness. Mm. Dish with hazelnut instead of peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: That
1: was delicious. Thank you so it's much, good. Dario. Very we love you. Love you, Daria. nice and fluffy. Mm. 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 Well, that's all I have for Station to Station. Did you have anything else?
2: I have nothing. All right,
1: nothing
3: well,
2: where can else? people find you, Chris? You can find me at 2 com. That is our podcast
3: website.
2: Mm. Yeah, I still got a couple more bites left of this one. Usually I only eat about half of my candy, but this one's so light, I'm going to polish the whole thing off. 2TrueFreaks.com, that is our website. We got all our podcasts on there. Go download them, sign up for our RSS feed. You can also. Mm. <laughs> Find us on Facebook, where we got the Two True Freaks podcast, where we post up all our episodes in the Two True Freaks Cantina, and we are also on Twitter. And our Twitter page is run by Gene Gene, the Death rattle Machine.
3: Oh God! Gene.
2: It's like. Oh, oh!
3: I just picked up a cup of pins.
2: Gene's character of Digman the corrupt cop
1: I made a real a real rattle out of a jar of pens
2: (laughs) that's like a death that's a different kind of death rattle that's like a rattle of death well so is a death (laughs) rattle but yeah Gene's character in Strangers of Paradise uh, hit the highway this, this week so I got to edit Gene going out in a gurgle <laughs> Instead of a not with a bang, but with a gurgle. But that's where you can find me. Where can they find you, Hope?
1: You can find me on J Guys and Jedi at. blah 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 blah. i came out weird you can find me at j guys and jedi on twitter um that is our twitter account that i run you can usually tell what i'm doing the episodes because i post like commentary like me talking about how Brooklyn is a sentient bag of dicks and christopher sean liked that tweet so thank you christopher sean voice of cats for liking (laughs) that it's such a bag of dicks Uh, you can also find me at HopeMonics. I have my own website called GeekyGirlExperience.com. and I also do work for the Geeky Waffle, um, where I've been where I wrote Owl House reviews. You can check those out over there. And also just check out Geeky Waffle in general because my friend Arzu also does like bad batch reviews, and they do have some Star Wars stuff over there too, so go check it out. Um and Chris and I have another podcast called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, where I force him to watch my favorite animated shows and I know we keep saying we're still in Gravity Falls. Hope has had, like, no time to edit. We are almost in Avatar, I swear to fucking god! <laughs> we just had Hope's had no time to edit, cause... life. But we're getting there, guys, I swear, I swear it's coming. Avatar is coming, I swear. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my god, Chris, I'm gonna make you a promise. Okay. Next week's episode is called The Missing Agent. There's a special guest that comes into Resistance, and he's here for four episodes. I will do my fucking hardest to not break out into singing Hamilton, constantly. Thank you. Because he you. is one of the actors in Hamilton who voices his character. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight it so hard to not. Make I just Hamilton... watched a,
2: a video today. <laughs> <coughs> Pardon me, I just watched a video today on uh, about Hamilton.
1: Yep. I'm gonna try my hardest to not make too many Hamilton puns. I might, ha- I have to at least Thank make like you? one or two, one or two at least. Uh, if I wrote an entire callous song to Hamilton, I have to be at least able to make like a couple Hamilton puns. Um, but yeah, guys, come uh, back uh, next week. Uh,
2: hmm? Yes.
1: Oh, I thought you were about to say something.
2: No, we're you gonna must come t- back. You must come back. Must,
1: because we're gonna be talking about the missing agent, the defeat Diggs you know, not missing his shot in Star Wars, you know. He's taking these reins. Something, something, something covered in bloodstains.
2: Bye, everybody. I'm not letting this go on any further. Sorry.
1: <laughs>
2: Gotta cut you off there, Hope. Sorry.
1: I'm in a but it's okay. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I will come back next week and then we'll figure out What did I miss? What did I miss? Bye,
2: everybody. Journey
1: my home sweet home. Let me give you a kiss.
0: Visit our website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2 True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email 2 True Freaks directly at 2TrueFreaks at gmail.com. 2 True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search 2 True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number 2.
4: And this is your Uncle Don saying good night. Good night, little kids, good night. We're off? Good, well, that ought to
3: hold the little bastards.